0: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast.
1: Well, it's our pleasure to have our good friend Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, the authority for Vegas news and always the first place to go. And it was great to have you on and we decided to do the whole show with him today. Scott, I know you're like I am. You love Vegas, but at the same time, you're, pre- you're pretty honest about all this stuff, too. It's starting to look worse and worse. Do you get that feeling there? I mean, it's, it just it seems like when I say worse and worse, I really mean I think it might be a while before this thing actually recovers.
2: Yeah, I, I think no matter how it goes and what the timeline is, it's going to take uh, quite a bit of time to recover if Vegas recovers. And by recover, I mean, like, back to the levels that we've seen. Uh, there was some flattening of visitation even before the COVID for probably two years. Uh, so it's very complicated because this is throwing a huge wrench into the works, of course. But there were already some issues in place uh, related to increased competition around the country, which was, uh, was affecting Vegas. Uh, Vegas tried to pivot into being more about entertainment uh, than gambling and right at the moment when there could be no entertainment. So it's just a combination of a lot of awful things. Uh, The fact that Vegas is not very diversified and its economy is not helping. Uh, There are so many jobs and businesses that are really based around tourism and it is a service economy. So you've got layers of hurt and it just keeps getting worse and worse. The entertainment world you know, this uh, Vegas was billed as the entertainment capital of the world. I think you've said it on your show a lot of times too. And it's just, it's devastating to see these shows closed down for month after month after month. There's no real plan, no real timeline. Uh, some of the shows have thrown up possible solutions, uh, related to social distancing, but it's not even really on the radar yet. And it's, you know, um, just a day or two ago, Larev, Uh, announced that they will not be reopening again. So there's a lot of news like that. Cirque du Soleil filed bankruptcy. It's just a mess on so many levels, but yeah, it's gonna take some time economically. It's just, it's tough to watch. You know, the casinos can't really exist at 50% capacity. Restaurants can't exist at 50% capacity. So nobody knows what's gonna change or when, but you're absolutely right that it's gonna take a while to, to recover.
1: You know, you call it the gut punch of the day and it really feels like that. I feel like a boxer that can't fight back and just every day I'm taking a hit on this. And part of it is so much was put to the new convention center. Anybody knew, I mean expanded convention center, and that was gonna be the one thing that kinda got us out of the doldrums and it's just a really difficult time because nobody's going on conventions anywhere right now.
2: Yep, it was kind of a two-pronged attack uh, from what I could see, and, and it was conventions and sports uh, were supposed to be this this kind of miraculous salvation of Vegas, and that includes, of course, the uh, Raiders Stadium, huge deal for Vegas, um, and the MSG Sphere, which was supposed to be this amazing high-tech theater, and as you said, the Las Vegas Convention Center, we've got this fancy Elon Musk tunnel transportation system <laughs> Uh, and the convention center itself was, was supposed to be accommodating these conventions that had, had bypassed Vegas. Yeah. All that stuff is really just dead in the water. Like, it is, it is absolutely baffling. Uh, happily, a lot of these projects have continued even during the crisis. So that's the good news. The stadium, uh, has, has reached, uh, I think they call it substantial completion. So that's almost completely done. Uh, projects like Resorts World have moved forward. The Convention Center Project has moved forward. Circa Downtown has moved forward. So there's quite a few projects that are happening. But, yeah, conventions are really I, – I don't know if uh, people kind of sort of in the world realize the importance of conventions in Las Vegas. But Vegas doesn't work without conventions. Weekends – Uh, Obviously, there's a certain built-in audience driving uh, folks from California and visitors from across the country and internationally. But conventions are the economic backbone of Vegas because midweek, you need conventions. You need people with these uh, expense accounts. You need them to fill the rooms, and you need them to fill the casino, hopefully. They're not the biggest gamblers in the world, but they do tend to eat and drink a lot. Uh, so conventions are an absolute necessity in, in Vegas, and there's just been no movement on that at all. A lot of the biggest, uh, conventions obviously canceled, uh, for early 2020, and now they're starting to cancel in late 2020, and several have canceled in early 2021. So again, not, not the most upbeat news, but it certainly is interesting, uh, because I don't know of anyone who could have anticipated this level of just, WTF every day, every day. Yeah. There's some new thing that makes it look, it, it often makes it look insurmountable. Uh, people are, you know, these companies are trying to figure out ways to make money without doing their core business, which is, it's interesting, but uh, it's just not sustainable.
1: Well, and people are starting to get touchy. And I want to focus on one thing. As we tell everybody every time we're on, you know what's going on in Vegas. And part of the way you find this out is through people telling you inside information and so forth, like every good journalist has. And one of the larger hotels, the Sahara, got a little irritated and they threatened to sue you for saying that there was a rumor that the facility was going to close. Now, aside from the fact that I find that offensive just strictly from a free speech point of view. It really is kind of tough. I mean, these people are getting edgy, right? Because I guess they don't know what to do. So, you know, when you don't know what to do, you start looking for scapegoats.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was more than a threat. Uh, they they uh, reached out to me about this rumor and said it was untrue, asked me to do a retraction, which I did, but apparently they didn't care for it. Uh, so they did file a lawsuit. So I am being sued. Vital Vegas, the litigant, uh, is a new thing. Um, I don't take it lightly, but as you said, this is a symptom of a problem uh, that I think comes from a place of uh, confusion and desperation. Uh, this place has struggled for quite some time. I think they feel like maybe I was piling on or wishing them ill, which I was not. Uh, I was just sharing an industry rumor. Uh, they said that it had no merit. I, you know, They have every right to say what they say, but a lawsuit seemed a little bit extreme in terms of a response. I think part of this is really they uh, they apparently, they claim to have had people calling asking if they should cancel their trips. That obviously has an impact on their business. They also saw the reaction of employees. Uh, there were, were many, uh, apparently, employees concerned that they would be losing their jobs. You know, I I couched this thing in in terms of it being a rumor as much as I could. I did as many disclaimers in this article as I could, um, but that uh, didn't really satisfy them, and I don't think legally that's a way of uh, kind of p- protecting myself. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, there are pretty strong laws in Las Vegas for uh, journalism and journalists uh, to, to protect themselves from kind of bigger are financed enterprises uh, kind of trying to squelch free speech. You know, you you mentioned the First Amendment. I actually got some legal advice, and the gentleman said something I thought was just brilliant. He said, the First Amendment protects your right to be a shitty journalist. And so I'm, I'm embracing that philosophy because even if I'm not very good at what I do, uh, there's a lot of varying opinions about that. But in in whatever context you think, good journalism, bad journalism, even if you don't think it's journalism at all, I think uh, our system is based on a freedom of expression, the freedom to say what you're thinking, to have opinions. And I, I think uh, it'll go pretty well.
1: Radio hosts and newspaper columnists have been guessing at things and have been talking to people and have inside information for as long as I can remember. So this is nothing new. People hear about these things all the time. And quite frankly, most of the time, you're right on the money.
2: Yeah, I mean, this this was not a baseless rumor. Uh, this was a rumor from a source. And so if the case is that I fabricated something or that if I had it out for them, I I think that's ridiculous. Uh, but even if you have an opinion that is wrong or your conjecture is wrong or your source is wrong, that's not, the, it's not subject to litigation. So I think this goes back to what you're talking about. During an uncertain time, uh, I absolutely think there's the potential they will position this as bad publicity, hurt our business, whether they close or not. Um, they are suffering because they were suffering before COVID, and now it's obviously it's an extreme situation. Uh, I have a lot more rumors that I haven't shared, so in a way, they've already won. Uh, I'm willing to do a lot. You know, I'm willing to apologize to the employees. I'm you know whatever hoops they want me to jump through. I don't want to have be in a fight with Sahara. I certainly still want to be able to go to Sahara because I like the place. Uh, but last night, I discovered I was 86th uh, in the business. They call it being evacuated. Uh, or evicted or something, I don't know. They they evicted me, which is kind of a gaming term for being asked to go and you're not welcome back. So that I was bummed about that more than the lawsuit because I like it there. I actually go to their lounge, I like gambling there, so now I can't play there. It's, it's just, uh, to your point, it is a crazy time. And I think this is absolutely a symptom of how crazy it is. And uh they weren't suing for a lot of money, so it's not monetary. it's more like pride or whatever i don't I don't begin to understand why they did it uh but it's it, you know it's pretty serious business being in a in a lawsuit, so we'll see how it goes. Thanks for asking.
1: They're not the only ones that are struggling. I mean the palms is in deep trouble, and the palms I can remember the days back when the Maloofs owned it when that was a happening place. And, you know, you've been talking for a long time, well before COVID came around, that financially it didn't all add up. And, boy, it's, this has just killed them.
2: Yeah, Palms is an interesting case because uh, I think a lot of these companies that kind of made bad decisions are going to use the crisis for cover. Um, what I mean by that is they are going to make business decisions, whether it's a, oh, I don't know, bankruptcy or other legal steps that they can take to protect to protect their assets they're going to say it was a COVID crisis which is not untrue but in a situation like palm say they have invested far more than they could ever recoup they had a disaster with their nightclub uh chaos and this was looking like it was going to go south no matter what happened uh it remains closed the best information i have is it will not uh reopen again under this ownership that is uh, how do I cover myself now? That's a rumor. It's unconfirmed. Uh, it's unsubstantiated, and I have not reached out for comment from them. Uh, but that is the latest I've heard, and it's it's a tricky situation. Rio right, right across the street is also closed. Tough locations, tough business. You know, really challenging business for for uh, poems prior to COVID and now it's hard to know what they're going to do, but they spent so much money on this place. You know, there are actually a couple of other casinos that are still closed, uh, including play Hollywood Cromwell. Uh, you know, some of these places don't really have, you know, park, uh, MGM. These places have not opened yet. You've seen kind of these tentative dates floated, but the, the business is not there. The demand is not there. So it's hard to know what they're going to do. Palms to me seems the most likely candidate for a sale. Um, uh, I believe uh, the company that owns its station, Casinos, has already uh, entered into agreements to sell a couple of other places, even though they haven't announced that. Allegedly, reportedly, rumors and <laughs> speculation. Okay. Now I gotta cover myself all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, are there any other hotels around town that are a concern, you know, in terms of some of these what we call local hotels or some of the places that people enjoy that aren't right on the strip or right in the middle of downtown?
2: Well, the interesting part is those. Locals, casinos are actually doing pretty well. Uh, They're still abiding by the social distancing and the capacity rules, but locals are ready to go back. It's really the tourist spots that are, are uh, having trouble because of the travel restrictions. Uh, international absolutely just evaporated. Conventions evaporated. Uh, one of the examples I bring up is downtown because downtown was not Really, you know, they were not reliant on convention business. They were not really reliant on uh, Asian travel, say, or or international travel. So downtown seems to be doing okay. The locals' places are doing okay. Uh, There are a few kind of quirky ones that have not reopened yet, like Texas Station and Fiesta Henderson and another Fiesta. Like these places are kind of one-offs. Also under the station Casino Umbrella couple of those i think have sold one i think is going to be uh, purchased by the folks that own the Dottie's uh, casino chain but it, it's just a wild time because nobody ever imagined uh casinos closing even during the first shutdown and they never imagined once they could reopen that they would stay closed uh i don't think any are going away permanently i think some ownership changes might be happening but i don't think there's anybody who's just gonna you know close up shop and put up. know board up the windows like you're never going to see that at palms or rio i don't think uh unless they plan to knock them down some of these places are getting uh, a little long in the tooth maybe not palms but certainly rio has been discussed with potential demolition uh tropicana people have talked about that I, i heard a little chatter about luxor uh it's old high maintenance uh and a little too themed so unsubstantiated rumor, of course, but those are the ones that are fun to me. So
1: Wow. What about restaurants? Have we seen any that are some great ones that are gone? How are they doing? Uh,
2: quite a few have opened their cafes or maybe one other restaurant, but a lot still have a few closed. Um, usually that's based along uh, whether a place is union or not. That seems to be the trend is that a union uh, venue. Uh, they're too expensive to operate at fifty percent capacity, so they they've just kept them closed. Uh, there have been some kind of high profile places that it, you just don't know if they're coming back. Uh, they, they they're still closed. It's sad because rather uh, is the show equivalent, like these shows have just always been in Vegas. They've been uh, prominent, maybe not financially successful, uh, but they are kind of a signature thing, and uh, that can happen with restaurants too.
1: What are you hoping for? Well, I mean, besides the obvious, but would you like to see maybe by the end of the year? Do you think Are they talking about a turnaround at all there? I mean, obviously nothing is going to really be happening until this virus is handled, and who knows. But is that kind of what you're hearing around town that they're looking for towards the end of the year?
2: Well, there's a lot of optimism and a lot of pessimism. Uh, the other day I heard that there was some thought that nightclubs might try to open by New Year's Eve. Uh, so that doesn't seem that far away. But that also, I think it's very suspect because, as we've seen, best laid plans. Uh, a lot of these hotel reopenings have just been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. We need to get to a point where we can have our bars back. Uh, that's really hurting the casino business and the tavern business. We we need to have our video poker bars back um, open. I think that'll be happening in the next few weeks. Uh, but the show component, the music festival component, the it, it, these big gatherings are just, they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, I've heard some numbers floated for next year um, that Allegiant Stadium won't even have events into the middle of next year, I uh, heard July 4th. Then I heard uh, that music festivals and big events like that Nothing in twenty twenty one. i I was honestly shocked by that because I thought uh, you know EDC rescheduled, some of these bigger uh, music festivals were rescheduling. I'm like, they must know something, but it remains to be seen. I, I think it's optimistic to think that vegas will be will be you know roaring back uh, by the end of the year, and it's 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 tough.
0: prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-296-1337. 800-296-1337. 296 1337 That's 800-296-1337. To re-emerge stronger and safer than ever, ask yourself these crucial questions. Should all restaurants, retailers, and venues have new safety and sanitation procedures in place? As a business owner, how can you assure your valued guests that proper protocols are being followed? How can you give your guests confidence knowing that you've prioritized their health and safety? Introducing Virus Safe Pro a revolutionary mobile technology software that provides checklists, reminders, and confirmations to help your team perform health and safety measures right on schedule. It allows you to close the information gap in the workplace by giving your employees a dedicated source of credible instructions in a timely manner, right from their mobile devices. Validate compliance with health and wellness standards, provide regular safety and health messaging, and confirm that approved protocols have been performed all in real time and an easy to read dashboard. Tracking and verifying health and safety procedures in your business has never been more important. To learn more about how VirusSafe Pro can help you reopen, visit VirusSafePro.com.